بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم الحمد للہ رب العالمین وصلاۃ والسلام علی اشرف الانبیاء والمرسلین محمد رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وآلہ وسلم تسلیما کثیرا کثیرا فما بعد ما برادر سسٹرز دی ٹرینڈنگ نیوز ایٹ دا مومنٹ از ایلون ماسکس اینٹکس وتھ ریگارڈ ٹو ٹویٹر وی ہی بوٹ اے 9.2% سٹیک فار 2.9 بلین وچ گاٹ ہیم or would have got him a seat on the board, but he didn't take the seat on the board because uh, board members are not permitted to have or own more than 15% of stock. And Elon Musk has his eyes on a lot more than that because he wants to, uh, so to speak, buy the company, meaning get a controlling stock in the company and a lot of backing and forthing is happening between him and uh, some of the other major shareholders. The reason I am saying this is because, and especially in this question of, uh, in the context of the Fajr Reminder, um, is because I want to talk about the difference between expenditure and investment. Expenditure happens when you acquire something that you may enjoy, but which deteriorates or diminishes or depreciates over time. Investment happens when you acquire something that grows and gives you a return over time. For example, if you buy a Tesla car, it's an expenditure because it depreciates and over time it, it, it deteriorates. But if you buy Tesla shares, especially in this market, it's an investment because <clears throat> they, will, they will yield a return as we go forward. Now, why am I... Uh, I'm talking about that because... Think of yourself, and I, th- I think of myself in the same way. We are traders in the stock exchange called life. We use money given to us to invest in stocks that give us the best deals. We don't trade. If we don't trade, we lose. If we buy losing stock, we lose. But if we buy stocks that give us a high yield, we gain big time. We have time to trade until the bell rings to end the sale for the day. And then we give account. Now, we're talking about the issues of, um, of therefore, uh, whether something is, a, is an expenditure or an investment. We judge investment opportunities on two parameters. What is called the multiplier and what is called the guarantor. This is called the risk-return ratio. The risk-return ratio is a measure of return in terms of risk for a specific time period. Now, what's a good risk-to-return ratio? In many cases, market strategists say that the ideal risk-return ratio for their investments is 1 is to 3. So, I invest $100, I get $300 in a a specific period of time. And this is the absolute best that we can can, uh, expect. Now, what is the multiplier for the investment and who is guaranteeing that? And that is the uh, question of the guarantor. So, the one is the multiplier, in this case, one is to three. And the second one, who is the guarantor? Who am I investing with? And this is the reason why blue chip company stocks and government bonds are considered good investments because the multiplier may be relatively small, but the guarantor... uh, is solid. Um, we believe that they can deliver what they promise. Now, startups usually give a 
much higher promise of return, but the guarantee is paper thin. So in theory, the best investment is where you get the highest return at zero risk. In the reality of this world, this doesn't exist because every investment is risky to some extent. Um, the underlying principle in all of this really is what do you believe? And that depends on who you trust because risk perception is a measure of trust. With that in mind, let us look at an investment opportunity which is zero risk and max return. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Man jaa bil hasanati falahu ashru amthaliha. Whoever brings a good deed will have 10 times like thereof. A rate of return of 1 is to 10, that is 1000%. Not 1 is to 3, 1 is to 10. And who is the guarantor? The guarantor is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla himself who controls everything and whose treasures are boundless. And he said about himself, Glorified be the one who owns everything, who owns this world, who owns everything that, that, is, that exists because he is the creator and everything is in his control. So we talked about a rate of, rate of return of 1 is to 10. But then because this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah did not leave it there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ أَمْوَالَهُمْ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ كَمَثَلِ حَبَّةٍ أَمْبَتَتْ سَبْعَ سَنَابِلَ فِي كُلِّ ثُمْبُلَةٍ مِّيَةُ حَبَّةٍ وَاللَّهُ يُضَعِفُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَاللَّهُ وَاسِعُنْ عَلِيمٌ The likeness or the example of those who spend their wealth in the, in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like that of, uh, is, the, is like the example of a grain of corn which is uh, which is planted and it grows seven years and each year has a hundred grains and, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives manifold increase to whom he pleases and Allah is all sufficient for his creatures needs and all knower now what's the return rate of return here rate of return here the multiplier is one is to seven hundred which is seventy thousand percent now if you can't do the numbers I don't blame you but the return is in this case is not even restricted to that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala added there Wallahu yudha'ifu yasha. and Allah will um, will give as he wishes which is in keeping with his majesty and grace because our Rabb Jalla Jalaluhu does not count and give. Now what is the catch? Because if we really believe in this thing then why are we hesitant about investing in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The catch is, do we believe? Do we really believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give what he promised? My brothers and sisters, it's really very simple. It's as simple as that. Do we really believe that we will die, be resurrected and then be rewarded as Allah promised? Or do we really believe in the promises of Allah? Jalla Jalaluhu. And that also explains why we don't take Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's declaration of war seriously. We don't believe in Allah's promises and so we don't believe in his warnings. What we forget is, that reality is independent of belief. What is real will happen no matter what anyone wants to believe or not. The question to ask ourselves therefore is, if I don't believe in Allah's promises or warnings, then do I believe in Allah? Seriously, I think this is something that I have to ask myself and you must ask yourself and satisfy ourselves. Because if I do not believe in Allah's promises or warnings, then do I believe in Allah? Now this is not a trick question or a riddle. This is the hard, harsh reality that we face today and one day we will face it. 
because the reward of believing in the unperceivable, the al-ghayb, is to witness it one day and know that it was the truth. But today, we must believe without perceiving and give evidence of that by investing in the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the Sahaba, they took this risk because they trusted Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because what is the meaning of even using the word risk with respect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? They didn't take risk. They understood that there was no risk. There is no risk when the guarantor is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. We hesitate because to us this material world is, uh, is real and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unreal. Now that is the deception of shaitan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned us about this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, As-shaytanu ya'idukum al-faqra wa ya'murukum bil-fahshah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Shaitan threatens you with poverty and orders you to commit fahsha, evil deeds, whereas Allah promises you forgiveness from himself and bounty, and Allah is all sufficient for his creatures' needs and all knower. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us what to do about Shaitan's deceptions. He said, Inna shaitan alakum adu, fattakhizuhu aduwa. Surely shaitan is your enemy, so take and treat him as an enemy. He only invites his followers that they may become dwellers of the blazing fire. But what do you say about those who instead of treating shaitan as their enemy, they treat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Rasulullah as their enemies? I mean those who deal in interest and thereby accept a declaration of war from Allah and Rasulullah. What do you call those who are at who you are at war with? What do you call somebody that you are at war with? Let us ask ourselves, who our enemies? Shaitan or Allah? Shaitan or Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And then let us change our lives starting right now. Because we don't know when we will be called to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because then it will be too late to change. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jala jalaluhu to enable us to see the reality and truth of where we are and what we are and to live our lives in a way that pleases Him and to take our names out of the list of enemies of Allah where we wrote it and put it back where it belongs in the list of the names of the awliya of Allah.